Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Spirit Room Podcast. Um, This is the first podcast I'm recording of 2021, so it feels pretty good. I hope that everyone has been enjoying this holiday season. I know um, it's a little different for sure, but there's been, I don't know, there's a sense of quiet to this one. There's a sense of um, a little bit less stress, I find actually, for me anyway, personally, um, a little less running around. So I've actually really enjoyed this uh, slowing down, feels like slowing down of time. But it's strange because at the same time, things go by so quickly. It's a blur. I was saying to a friend of mine recently that I feel that time isn't it doesn't feel real right now. Um, and I guess that could be debated that is it even real to begin with. But anyway, I think you know what I mean. So I'm here. I wanted to share with you guys my top 20, I don't know if you want to call them spiritual hacks, um, energy hacks. I guess they're kind of life hacks, but 20 things that have really been significant for me in this last year. I share it with you, not because I have all the answers, but because I think that maybe in the sharing of what works for me, you might find something, a little gem that works for you. And I think it's important for us to share our information and share our experiences. So I hope that you are cozy and you are ready to listen. You might want to get pen and paper to jot down um, anything that feels that, you know, it kind of sparks your interest. So number one on the list is water, drinking water. And I know this is not groundbreaking. This is not news. We all know that water is necessary for our survival. Um, But I think lots of you might not realize how vital being hydrated is for working with energy or just being an empathic person, a sensitive person. So I do find that I am drinking more water. I got one of those big jugs from Walmart, and I think it's like a gallon or something. It was quite big, a big water bottle. And basically, I make sure that throughout my day, I'm drinking at least one of those a day. Now, I am a fan of sparkling water, so usually what I do is I put half tap water and then half sparkling water. And that is my recipe for just water that tastes good to me. Um, So you could do that. I also find that when I'm doing readings, I need to be conscious of it. The more dehydrated I am, the more difficult I find it to really get into my power. So if you're wanting to be healthy, definitely focus on the water. But also if you want to be working with energy, doing readings or practicing, meditating, any of that stuff, you want to drink enough water because the water is actually a conductor for energy. And so we do use and expend quite a bit of energy as we are working with spirit, as we're working psychically. And so it is very important. So the other thing I've noticed is that I've been using, I can't remember what they're called, uh, what the name brand is, but they are basically... Uh, an electrolyte and they taste good and you just add it to your water it's like a powder and I find that drinking one big glass of water with that the the flavor that I like is raspberry um but it really makes a difference as, as far as how I feel energetically and I feel really good the other thing to keep in mind is that 
emotions. You know, we as we're processing emotions and as we're going through healing, it is so important to keep hydrated. So I am just reminding you to drink your water. I have not mastered this. I sometimes forget. I sometimes go the whole day and think all I've had is coffee, which is really, really not ideal. Um, So I would say, you know, this is a reminder for you and for me. The second item on my list is about cleansing my energy. Now, some of you have heard this from me before, but I really, really love Dr. Teal's brand, um, Epsom salts, sea salts, all of that stuff. Add it to your bath and really, really know that that is detoxifying and that is actually helping you to release any energy that has kind of been stuck to you or energy that you don't need, energy that's not helpful to you. The other thing about that is you can get it in a, I think it's a cleansing, a cleansing foam, and it's a sea salt, a sea salt cleansing foam. And what I do is I put that, I wash my hands regularly. Um, after I've done a reading, I'll wash my hands in cold water and find that really, really cleansing and really grounding. Um, well, sorry, I'll wash my hands when I wash my hands normally. Obviously, that's hot water and soap. But when I'm doing this in between readings as a way of cleansing, I'll put it and run my hands under cold water and wash it with this um, Dr. Teal's foaming cleanser. And basically, I find that that's a really quick way for me to cleanse the energy and then to be fresh for my next reading. So I definitely recommend that. You can obviously use whatever brand you like. That's just the one that I tend to like. The other thing that I have started to do with my partner is uh, relationship meetings. So at least once a week, usually it's Sunday evening, that seems to be when we think of it, or Monday morning, we are sitting down and asking each other a series of questions. And basically, it's about asking the other person, you know, how have I shown you care uh, and, and love this week? And is there anything that you'd like me to do this this coming week um, to show you specifically? You know, that I, I care for you, that I'm, you know, showing appreciation for you. What can I do? The other thing is to talk about if there's anything over the last week that has been of concern or anything that is worrying the other person. The other thing we talk about is how do we feel um, with our finances? How do we feel with our, like, um personal and kind of intimate relationship? And then what do we want to accomplish? What do we want to accomplish together for this week? What is our goal? What is our intention? We also ask, is there, you know, does the, does our partner feel they want more together time this week? Or would they need a little bit more alone time this week? Because obviously that can ebb and flow. And I find it's just a lovely way to really intentionally focus on each other and really hear the other person and just kind of set the tone for the week. And so that's been kind of fun. I really enjoy it. And I know Matt has really been liking it too. It's it's a nice thing to do. So not that we didn't talk about those things before, but I think it's important. You know, we've made it a, a point of doing it. And that way things, I feel like things have less chance of slipping through the cracks that way. So you might want to try it out. The third thing, sorry, the fourth thing, number four, uh, a word, a theme of the year, the day, or the week. So I've talked about this many times. 
for each year. I always am asking Spirit to work with me to find a, a word, a theme for the year. Last year was superhuman. This year is devotion. And I think it just gives you a focal point. It gives you this anchor. So we get busy. We've got a lot of competing priorities, most of us. There's a lot going on. I think it helps you be able to always go back to that anchoring kind of word that reminds you of what your intention is for this year. And I love to look back at the end of the year and see, oh, how did that how did that word really um, resonate for me this year? How did it make sense? So I, I do recommend that. You could do it for your day. I sometimes will ask my guides and my angels, just give me a word for the day. I'll write it down in the morning. And by the end of the evening, I can always look back and see exactly why they gave me that word. And it's a beautiful way to build rapport with your guides and angels. It's a beautiful way to create that kind of relationship, you know, so you're working with them on something daily. So I find for students, a lot of the time or clients that are coming to me for coaching, that is a wonderful activity. You could do it for the, the week as well. The other thing that I love to do is to pull an oracle card in the morning and just ask my guides, what do I need to know for today? And they'll often give me, um, you know, uh, a card that I'll feel some, you know, I'll feel some emotion from it. I'll get kind of an idea. I'll have some little message that comes to me. I'll jot it down. I look back on it at the end of the day and it's uncanny. It's amazing and unbelievable sometimes how accurate and how amazing that is. And I find it helps to build trust in in yourself, but also helps to build trust in that relationship, that friendship, the bond that you have with those that are working with you and those that are guiding you. The other thing that I love to do is to start in the morning putting my hand on my heart. And before I even get out of bed, just saying a little prayer. It's usually gratitude, but it could be anything. And I think that um, that's, uh, that's a wonderful way to start your day. And then that's how I like to end it as well. All right, so fifth one here, just had to count that quickly. Fifth one is maybe surprising to some of you, but I actually am going to put TikTok on this list because it has blown my mind. Not only is it pretty hilarious, I love the the videos about like the dogs and the cats. I find those really funny. Uh, and it brings me joy. It brings me, if I have a break in between, you know, doing rushing here, rushing there, doing this, doing that, it just gives me a break. It's an escape. It makes me laugh or smile every time. So I hesitated on it. My kids, you know, are into it. And I just really wasn't feeling like I wanted to explore it, like another social media um Uh, you know, another social media outlet, but I actually find that I'm enjoying it. I've also found some pretty cool videos that are from therapists, um, teachers, um, some spiritual people, just cool ideas that are being shared. And I think that I've learned a lot actually about ADHD, which um, I I do have people close to me in my life who who have ADHD. And I find that um, it's TikTok has been a really good resource for me to actually learn more than I already was aware of and just some cool little pieces of information that have helped me to be more understanding. So I, I recommend it. So uh, there you go. That's my two cents TikTok.
the next the next item on the list is the importance of grounding my energy. And so this can be done in very simple ways. It doesn't have to be a big production, but I think I still there's times when I really forget how important it is. So one of my favorite crystals, stones to use is black tourmaline. I love it. I find that I can just hold a piece of it in my hand and I instantly feel so much more grounded. I come back to my body. Now, you can tell if you're not really grounded, if you are finding yourself that you're getting spacey, if you're extra clumsy, like more clumsy than you normally would be, if you find that you're kind of listless, you're kind of in a bit of a haze, a bit of a brain fog, um, you could feel like you're just floating through life, like you're, nothing is really, um, nothing is really the way that it's supposed to be, you know, or supposed to feel. So, you know, if you're feeling any of those, it, it would be an idea, you know, it'd be an idea to just ground yourself. The the other thing that is super super grounding is physical activity. Now. It doesn't have to be outside, although I do think that being in nature and immersing yourself in nature is literally the best way to ground yourself. Probably one of the most beautiful gifts you could ever give to yourself is a walk outside or a run if you're a runner. But even if you have to walk inside your house, just on the spot, whatever you need to do, but physical activity is going to cleanse you and it is going to bring you back into your physical body. The other thing that's super grounding is just doing normal everyday activities like cooking, cleaning. I mean, these are things that I personally am not like a huge fan of, to tell you the truth, but I do recognize they need to get done. And also in doing them and completing those tasks, it really does bring you into a more human physical world vibration. And sometimes, you know, those of us that are sensitive, we are mediums or we are intuitives, we like to live in the etheric. We like to live in the spiritual kind of realm. We we find sometimes that the earth is a little bit um, difficult. We find the earth a little bit sometimes boring. We like to be in the magic of things. And I think it's a fine line. I think that it's a lifelong journey of learning to sort of walk that tightrope between both worlds. So I wouldn't say that I have that mastered either, but definitely I know that the grounding energy is just as important as being open and living in that high vibration. We need both. So just to keep that in mind. The number seven item on the list is uh, there's a new gratitude journal that I purchased off of Amazon. Now, I can't remember the name of it. Um, I think I might have it here. Just one sec. My friend Susan actually told me about it. It's beautiful. It's a pink journal. And uh, it doesn't say. It just says insights. Gratitude, a day and night reflection journal. And what I like about it, I'm just flipping through it, is that it's got a place for a morning a morning meditation. So you write down your focus for the day. You write down an affirmation for the day. It's got it, it's got it written out for you, like a space to write below. What you're grateful for, what you're excited about for that day, and how you'll make space for gratitude that day. 
And then on the other side of the page, there is an evening reflection. And so it says good things that have happened today, things I did to make a positive difference today. There's a checklist. So you can kind of check off how you felt during the day. Happy, proud, hopeful, sad, angry, annoyed, neutral, insecure, creative, excited, loving, hopeful. You know, there's all kinds of different um, emotions there. And then at the bottom of that page, it says, a positive thought to carry me to sleep. So it's kind of nice because it's just laid out for you so nicely. So I find that that's been a really wonderful practice. Um, so yeah, I, I, I highly recommend it. But if you, you know, if you want to just write your list in any old notebook is fine. I would say if you're doing a gratitude journal, just don't use that journal for anything else, though. Just use it for that one thing. Because our words, our energy, our thoughts, they're all carrying energy. And so you don't want to mix and match when it comes to like your to-do lists or things that are a little bit more, um, I don't know, the energy is a little bit more, um, it's a little heavier, it's a little more intense, whereas you want to keep your gratitude journal really open and light and just pure and beautiful. So that would be my tip for that. The next thing on the list Oh, okay, this is just a little tip. And I, I knew this for a long time, but for some reason I, I didn't think it applied to me. Um, but I, I've experimented with it, and I realized that it does. So this might help you as well. If you are working on your own intuitive journey, you are taking classes, or you're working on your own and meditating and doing all this stuff, I think that it's true that if we eat right before um, doing a reading or practicing or doing any of this stuff, our body does use that energy to digest the food. Whereas if you're doing it on an empty stomach, you actually have that much more energy to work with. So I don't know why I resisted that for so long, but it does make a difference. I've noticed it for myself. So I would just say experiment, experiment with that and see if it, if it makes a difference in how you feel. Um, so I'd be interested in, in knowing if it works for you as well. The other thing on the list is that I've taken a more playful approach to work and life. And I, it's not always possible, but I think that there's so much expected of us. There's so much that we feel, you know, that we're, you know, responsible for. And it's wonderful to be able to just approach it with an open heart you know how a child will try something new and just look at it with this open-hearted wonder? You know, they're just in awe of new things. And I think it would be wonderful for us to approach our day-to-day -day lives with that playfulness, you know, to coming at it not something that we um, have to feel weighed down by the responsibility of it, but how can we look at it and just be joyful? How can we have fun? infused into our everyday life and into the, our work that we're doing. Um, taking a bit of the pressure off and just recognizing that each day we're going to do the best that we can. And that's it. That's all, that's all you can really ever give. That's all you can ever do is your best. So I think it's, it's worth noting. The next item on the list is taking control of your time. And so what I've recently been doing is recognizing that days off 
our days off. And so what I used to do in the past was I would book a day off, maybe a week, but then if somebody, you know, needed something from me or if I had a bunch of um, work to do that was kind of back end behind the scenes, I would still be doing all those things behind the scenes like that day. I wouldn't actually take it completely off. And I think that if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, if you work for yourself or even if you don't, you just have a, a career, a, a work life that you're devoted to um, that requires you know, time for you to work at home, you know, as well. So maybe teachers and things out there that do bring their work home for sure. Um, Recognizing that there is value in having a day where there is nothing asked of you, expected of you, other than obviously like the needs of your kids and all that other kind of stuff, but where it's a day free of your work life demands. I I think it probably goes without saying, but there's got to be other people out there like me who struggle with it. So I just am here to say that when I have a day or two even in a row where I don't have to reply to anything, do anything towards, you know, my work, I, I'm not doing readings, not teaching. Um, it really does rejuvenate my energy. It, it, when I go back to my readings, I go back to my work, I feel replenished and I feel better able to serve. So I do think it's important. Do not be like me and take seven years to figure that one out. Okay. Like just, I don't know. I would just say learn from my mistakes. Um, the next one would be to ask spirit, what am I not seeing? Or where is my blind spot in any given situation? Because I think lots of times we feel that we know and we see it and we're very, lots of you listening are going to be very self-aware people. And so I think there's a tendency sometimes that we think, oh, we know, we know exactly what's happening in any given situation. Not the case. I think there's still things that we can miss. I think there's still things that we might find if we were to ask spirit to show it to us, put it in front of us, give us that insight, that blind spot, what am I not seeing? How am I not seeing the full picture here? And just being curious about it. That's a game changer. I think that you can find a ton of insight just through asking that simple question. I would say you also have to be prepared to hear the answer. And we have to, have to, have to. Light workers, please hear me out. We have to be willing to look at ourselves honestly. We have to be willing to look at the shadow side of ourselves. Not one of us is perfect. Not one of us, you know, we talk about earth angels and all this stuff. That's all fine. And definitely I, I know that some of us, you know, we, we are. We're, we are, you know, connected to the angels and we've come from the angelic realm maybe. But none of us are perfect. So just because you're on a spiritual path, just because you feel enlightened or you feel like you've got some insight, it does not mean that you do not have things to learn. It doesn't mean that you are not, you know, that you're immune to um, everyday life and the struggles of the physical world. I mean, we're, we're here to learn in all ways. So definitely, I think sometimes the light worker thing, I think we, as a group, we need to humble ourselves. We need to really recognize that we are not 
and I say this with love, we are not so special that we don't have things to learn and that we do have a shadow side, each and every one of us. There's things that we don't like about ourselves. There's things that we need to rectify. There's things that we need to learn. So I would just say, please, 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 let's look at ourselves with open eyes and let's be honest with ourselves this year. This is a tip. The next one is a tip. Now, I wonder how many people listening go to sleep at night, and even if they sleep well, say you sleep like seven hours, eight hours, but you wake up still exhausted, and you feel for a second before you actually awaken that you're kind of not sure where you are or who you are. This happens to me, it's been happening to me for years, and what I think is happening there is that oftentimes we are so curious that we go to sleep and then in our dream state, we love to go to the other side. We love to go explore spirit, we're healing over there, maybe we're also like visiting, maybe we're learning, maybe we're teaching, I don't know, but I have a sense that I have been leaving my body when I sleep for years. And what happens is that the next day, you actually pay for it. You feel discombobulated. You feel like it takes a while to get back into your body. So in times when I am run down, in times when I just feel exhausted or tired, I do have a chat with spirit and my guides before bed. And I just say, okay, guys, um, I need to stay in my body tonight. Thank you. And they make it happen. I, I definitely notice a difference when I when I make a point of chatting with them about it. Um, I also feel that oftentimes we may find that there is sort of this, I don't want to say it's a longing, but it is a feeling that it's so wonderful, it feels so good to visit the spirit world that it's sometimes hard to come back. So I think sometimes our our own soul, you know, is sort of having that bit of a conflict each time. I certainly, I don't know if anyone else has this feeling, but whenever I get anesthetic, um, I've had lots of surgeries in my life. I've come to like it. Like I I used to be terrified that what happens if I didn't wake up, like when I was a kid, because I had a, a surgery, I don't know, I think I was nine and I had my tonsils out and my adenoids and I was petrified that what would happen if I just didn't wake up. But then as the years went by and I started having different surgeries, I found that like that feeling just before you wake up, I just found it so amazing. It felt so good. So I don't know if anyone else feels that, but I think that's the reason. So the thing that I'm trying to impress upon you is that if you want to test it, experiment with it, see what happens, but definitely staying in the body sometimes I think is uh, is a good call. The Next thing on the list is calling your energy back to you, calling your power back to you. Now, this can happen, at, you can do it at any time, but certainly right before bed, I think this is a great ritual to do for yourself. So just try it now. If you're wherever you are, I'm just imagining you guys and some people driving, some people laying on their couch, some people cleaning, some of you might just be outside for a walk, wherever you are. Take a moment, take a deep breath, and just say, I now call all of my power back to me. I now call my energy back to me.
and just feel that. Feel the difference. It's amazing. It takes two seconds and you'll get back into that that flow and it feels good. So do it whenever you feel necessary, especially if you're feeling not grounded and you're feeling like you're losing it a little. It helps. The next one is, I found this last year, I empowered myself to stand up for myself. And I noticed that when I stood up to do that, it actually empowered me more in my readings. So anything that you do in your physical life, it is reflected in your spiritual life and vice versa. They're very connected. So it came to a point where this life, if you've listened to, I don't know, I think it was like an August or September podcast, I spoke about a situation where I really did have to stand up for myself. Um, but there's been others. There's been probably five or six major things that I've had to stand up for over the last year. And I find that sometimes it's there's anger that comes up, you know, because we feel we've been mistreated and, and all the rest of it. But I actually started to use the anger that I felt as a catalyst for change. I needed to feel that anger so that I could get out of my own way and actually speak up. Sometimes it takes a while, you know, for certain people to actually speak up and and speak their truth and say, no, actually, this isn't going to fly. This isn't going to work that way. And I, I find for myself, the more that I do it, the more I kind of embrace that part of myself that isn't going to put up with any BS, you know, isn't going to be, um, you know, isn't going to be mistreated in any way. Uh, it really does feel good. And it also just feels like, wow, it empowers me in my work as well. I, I realize that I can trust myself even more. And that, you know, I think many of us who work in the healing profession, we feel as though our anger or our displeasure or our any emotions that are not, you know, purely, you know, let's just loving and adoring and beautiful, we find that sometimes hard to show. And I think that it's important to recognize that you need to have both, you know, and, and that it's not maybe what people expect of you, but actually you have to be true to yourself and you have to allow yourself to be heard. And I think that's really important. You can do it with love. You can do it with the best of intentions, but you do not need to suffer with other people's energy that they dump on you. You don't have to suffer with other people's opinions of you or other people's assumptions about you. Um, you also don't have to put up with lies that are that are told about you. Um, I, I've had that experience. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not, before I would think, oh, you know, I'll take the higher road or, you know what, that's their problem. I'm not going to, you know, if, if I reply back, it just makes me look like I'm petty or it makes me look that I'm not as spiritually evolved or I'm not as loving as I could be. And I came to the point where I recognized that's not what I'm here for. I'm, I'm not going to allow other people to speak about me or speak to me in any way that doesn't resonate for me and it's not true. So I will, yeah, I will, I will speak up. And I think that that empowerment is important. So that's my two cents about that. Um, the other thing is sitting in the power. So lots of times we get so into meditation and it's beautiful and it's guided visualization. And I love it. There's a time and a place for that. But sitting in the power is actually what charges you up. That's what actually, you know, 
brings forth that sort of lit up kind of ready for work, ready to take on the world, ready to kind of be open and receptive, but to be very present. So it's a very different experience than you would find in in a regular type of, it's not a guided visualization, it's very different. So if you're interested in that, let me know. Um, It's something that I do work with within my groups that I teach, my development circles, and certainly also can help one-on-one with people who are wanting to work on their own, you know, their own well-being, but also maybe their own work with spirit. And another thing that kind of goes along with that is I started doing this thing where I breathe in gold light. And as I breathe in the gold light, I'm allowing divine love to kind of just be immersed into my energy, into my body. And then what I do is I breathe out red light. And that red light is breathing out that life force energy. I'm putting my energy out into the world. And so I find the gold and the red super powerful. Try it out. Let me know what you think. I would do it at least three times. Gold, red, gold, red, gold, red. So let me know how that feels. The next item is not taking criticism from anyone I wouldn't go to for advice or from anyone whose life I would not like to live. So I'm one of these people that I'm super aware of my own flaws. I'm super aware of my own um, deficiencies in different areas. I, I'm hyper aware, hyper vigilant. I've, I've been that way all my life. So um, I don't really need people to point it out to me because I I know. However, if I respect someone and this is coming from a place of love and you know that this is like to it's to help me, for sure. I'm open to it. Let's like bring it on. Let's let's work with it because we all are here to get better. So I totally I get that. But if you're getting if you're getting um criticism or you're getting someone who is just so obviously trying to cut you down or try to make you feel small or fulfilling some kind of part of their ego or something within them that is very much about them, if you wouldn't go to that person for advice about anything or if you look at their life or you look at their energy and you think, I would never want to be that person, I think it's okay. I think it's okay to just not take that in not allow it to affect you. So I'm not suggesting that we don't take criticism. We all have to take it. I'm just saying be mindful of the source, be mindful of where it comes from, and, you know, just really be in charge of what you accept into your energy and what you do not. The other thing I'm going to mention is not asking or praying to God or asking spirit for things that you would not do for yourself or that you're not willing to work for yourself. So for instance, I, you know, you could say that you want help with your relationship or something. Okay. So say you want help with your marriage. And yet if you're not willing to uh, look at your partner's point of view, if you're not willing to take any forward motion, any steps to maybe, you know, get some counseling or to look at your own behavior, work on your patience or whatever it is. Don't ask spirit or God to fix that for you. Okay. You, we need to be responsible for ourselves. 
So do not go to spirit or do not go to God and, and ask for things that you're not willing to do. And don't expect them to fix your life for you. They're there to guide. They're there to obviously be of assistance and to help us to make our, our own decisions and to help us to get to our, you know, our highest potential. But they're not going to do the work for us. They cannot do the work for us. So I just think personal responsibility is something that we might need to remember. I've had people that have been um, very much disappointed or wanting certain things from spirit that they feel that they do not get. And I really have been thinking about it over the last while. And I think it's, it's important to recognize that we also have to do our part. We have to meet them halfway. So if we're not getting the result we want in any part of our life, let's not use spirit as a scapegoat. Let's not blame that on spirit. We have a choice every single day about how we live our life, how what energy we bring into any given room at any given moment. And we as humans are pretty good at getting in our own way. So I don't know, it might be tough love, but I just feel like I'm not into, um, you know, this sort of like, woe is me. I think this is a time where we need to get into our higher selves. We need to empower ourselves to start making these moves, making these changes, and just watch as God and spirit and the angels co-create with you. And last but not least, I've allowed myself to befriend the word no in life and in readings. So for those of you that do readings, you know that when someone says no in a reading, you're so open, you're so invested, it can feel like a like a knife in your heart, like it can deflate your energy, You, it's easy to fall out of your power. The thing is, if you can start befriending the word no, just seeing it as a piece of information that is there to help you. If you hear no, you know that you've misinterpreted something and you can go back and you can work with it. So, I've, you know, that's just something that I've learned along the way. But in life, being able to say no and just mean it and not allowing any energetic wiggle room. So sometimes I'll say no, but I feel energetically, maybe I feel bad for saying no or I have some guilt about saying no. People feel this. People know, even if they don't know how they know. So when I say no now, I mean it. And um, I think I've befriended it. I've, I've looked at it as a way that I can be loving to myself. It's a way that I can show myself love is saying no when I mean no. So I know that many empaths will need that reminder. So there you have it. I mean, I hope that's helpful. I feel like I was just babbling on. Um, but I hope that that helps you. I hope that brings you some kind of insight or just, you know, sparks a little bit of inspiration within you. When I've been doing cards for my membership group, they get the three card reading um, every month. And the faith in humanity, that card kept coming up for, I would say, probably 75% of the people that I was reading for um, just the other day, like as we're coming into January 2021, the new year. And so I think that's that's really significant. We need to restore our faith and our hope in ourselves and in, in humanity in general. And the way that we're going to get there is to actually work on ourselves. I think it was Mother Teresa that said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And I think that's so powerful. You could also add on to it, love yourself. 
And loving yourself is not always rainbows and sunshine. I feel like it's actually very difficult work at times. So let's just be open to the challenge. I wish you guys the most beautiful, the brightest blessings for this brand new year. I thank you very much for taking your time and and listening um, and for your messages and for joining the Spirit Room Facebook group and those of you that have joined classes. I do have a pretty full teaching schedule, but I do have some space in um, my beginner's class. If anyone's interested, you can definitely let me know. And I've also got, I think, a spot or two in my mediumship class as well. So if you're interested, definitely send me a message. Uh, psychic medium melissa white on facebook i've disabled my instagram just for a bit so i can't be reached there for now but you could also email me jack and avery's mom at gmail.com but thank you so much you guys and i just send you all the angels love and light for now and always take care